You are listening to the Staff Study Podcast, a ministry of Bible Baptist Church in Mount Orob, Ohio. We hope this podcast will encourage you to study the Word of God and to grow in Christ. Welcome to the Staff Study Podcast. We thank you for tuning in. We're glad that you're here. We got a full staff this morning. Myself, Rob Moore, and Jason Jordan, and Corey Wilcher, and Dominic Ellingworth. Corey's making faces at me over here, trying to make me laugh. It's working. And we got a topic for you here that uh, Jason kind of decided, and we all liked it. We're going to kind of do a, a study on First John. And uh, it'll probably take several episodes, I'm sure. It should be fun. We hope that you all enjoy it as much as we do. We like to get into the scripture here lately. We've done a lot of topical things, and uh, there's nothing wrong with a topical study. But uh, sometimes an expositional study is good, too. So that's what we're going to do here. Uh, Jason's got more notes than the rest of us. So we're hoping he's going to kind of lead this conversation a little bit. Carry the team. Yeah, he's he's the he's the ringer. So Jason will be leading us in conversation, and we're just gonna dive right in here and get started. So uh, Jason, if you want to start us off here with the beginning of the first epistle of John, I've got nothing. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> well, this is gonna be a short episode. episode. Yeah. Thank you all for tuning yeah. in. If you yeah. like, subscribe, share. Pray it was a blessing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no. Um, First John, you know, just in my own preference, is probably one of my favorite um, epistles in the New Testament. And we call it an epistle because it was a letter written um, by, the, by the writer of the book. And so I love this one because the theme of the whole entire book is really is dealing with salvation and to new believers and when we see first john start in chapter number one you really see the intimacy from john's personality and we know when we look through the new testament that john was a very loving and just very endearing person Um, it was very common that in the um, life of jesus christ that they were very very good friends and very close And we see numerous times throughout the New Testament that it would be uh, recording what was taking place. And how many times do we see where they were sitting by a fire or they were sitting and relaxing? And we see where John, the Bible says that John was uh, laying on Jesus, like on his chest or something like that. That blows my mind because in the American culture, that's not well received. If the four of us were sitting around a campfire and Rob tried to lay his head on my chest, that's You not would gonna... be flattered? No, I would not. <laughs> Somebody's going to get a black eye for that. You know? uh, so that just doesn't resonate with our culture. It doesn't you yeah. know, set well. But just from talking to different missionaries and people from that area of the world, it was not... they. Their uh, friendship and how they display that's on a whole different level than we are. It is a lot different. I was we were talking before the podcast started about I like to watch these travel blog videos, mm-hmm. and a guy I can't remember what country he was in. I can't quote this for sure, but I think it was in Saudi Arabia because mm-hmm. it was in one of the countries where honestly you don't see a lot of women out in public without a man, mm-hmm. and that's the culture. And but it's very common for men in that country 
to walk holding hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's just we're walking together as friends. Like here, we're like, ooh, what's yeah. going on there? Yeah, <laughs> you know? yeah because Funny of perversion business. and different stuff, it just right. it doesn't resonate that way in, in our minds. No, over there, that's just they're just friends. They're out for a walk, yeah. and, and yeah. like it'd be no different than us shaking a man's hand mm-hmm. here. Mm-hmm. They walk holding hands like yeah. it's a cultural thing, and that's what exactly what Jason's talking about. I was talking with a missionary that um, you know we support, and he's over in the Middle East. I won't say his name because of safety, but um, he's in a restricted access nation. And he was talking about his first trip over there. Um, he went over. Um, he had made some friends in the area that he was at, and they had invited him and his family over for dinner. And so he goes over there. He barely knows them, but they're just trying to show him that they're friends and that. And so they um, go and sit around the dinner table, and they're pretty much sitting on the floor and just kind of relaxing. And he said that they all just kind of like lean against each other. Hmm. And so he said he sat down, and one of the guys came over and was like almost like embracing him and just kind of like leaning on him. And he's like, I was very uncomfortable because that's not how he is. Yeah. He's like, he's, like, I'm, he's like, I'm still a little bit uncomfortable when they do it. He said, I still haven't accepted it, but he's like, it's just a whole different thing. Yeah. And so we see that with John. And so naturally when he starts writing a letter, you almost have to, if you know John, you almost have to assume that this is going to be a very intimate um letter and really it's considered by Schofield and many commentators that the writings of first john apart from like song of solomon this is probably the most intimate writing in throughout the the entire scripture Mm -hmm. and so he starts out talking about really his credentials and he's writing this and i love what he says he says that um that which we have seen and and her I'm sorry let me back up we'll we'll start this from the beginning (laughs) reading the wrong verse I got ahead of myself it says that which was from the beginning which we have heard which we have seen with our eyes and which we have looked looked upon and our hands have handled of the word of life what he's writing to this group of little children which is believers he's writing from a relationship you know almost like a father to their children now we know that the scripture is inspired by the Holy Spirit and that this is words coming from our Heavenly Father to us. Right? Mm-hmm. But John, no doubt, is writing to people that he has been ministering to as well. And so, and I love what he says here, that everything that he's writing about, which is Jesus Christ, he says that he's handled it, he's heard it, he's seen it with his own eyes. So this isn't something that he's, just been passed down from tradition and you know from generation to generation he's like i'm writing this he said and it's something that i experienced myself and i to me that just has great impact and i love his heart in verse number three he says that which we have seen and heard declare we unto you that ye also may have fellowship with us i was um, these guys know, but just kind of let you guys know that are listening this morning. My wife and I, Sarah, just got back from a mission trip in Cuba, and we were down there for about eight days. And I preached along this lines on the Sunday morning that we were down there in one of the churches. And because of socialism and the corruption going on down there in that country, 
my wife and I have a sincere love and desire to be there all the time. They can't understand because they look at America like, hmm. you know, the place to live. Yeah. It's yeah. the glory yeah. land. Which, you know, we know America's got its issues right now, but yeah. we know that still in comparison to the rest of the world, I'd rather live here than anywhere right. else. Yeah. Right. So, um, but they can't understand like why anybody would want to come from America and go to Cuba and do mission work, whether it's short term, long term, <laughs> whatever. And I told them this, and I use this verse, is that my desire is because I've heard of salvation and like what it says in verse number three, that all of this fellowship that I have with Jesus Christ, my desire is that I want to share with them. Yeah, I love the people, not because, you know, they're Cuban, they're great people. Hispanic people are awesome people, and they're very faithful, very loving, very, I mean, just they're great people. Yeah. And Sarah and I just fit in naturally with them, and they've just accepted us, and they're very easy to fall in love with. But before doing these mission trips, I didn't know anything about Cuba. Mm-hmm. But what initiated that to begin with was that I have experienced salvation and fellowship. And this fellowship, that's the theme of of this chapter, Mm -hmm. is how to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And he's saying that his desire is that he's experienced it. And now his desire is that he's wanting to share it with them uh, for the reason that their joy may be full. Do you think there's like relation with... You know, he talks. It, it's kind of like the fellowship brings you into the family of God, mm-hmm. right? So it's kind of like a growing family. Wouldn't you? Is am I going out on a limb, or is there a relationship there with how a mother and father, when they're, you know, the mother is expecting, they can't wait for this baby. Mm-hmm. You know, they're excited and their family is growing and they're excited at the prospect that their family's growing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's kind of how John's looking at this because when this baby's born, their family grows. And when somebody gets born again, mm-hmm. the family of God grows. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the wonderful thing about scripture is that, you know, in context, there's one interpretation, but many applications. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I don't think that's a wrong assumption, Rob, on your part that. Yeah, there probably is some anticipation and excitement about, you know, and that's where the gift of exhortation comes in is that you're seeing the potential in somebody else, like what they're capable of, even when they can't. And I'm sure there's some excitement that he's like, you know, I can't wait to see what the Lord does with you Mm -hmm. because you've submitted to the Lord. Yeah. So. Yeah, that word um, fellowship that you're talking about there I just had a couple notes a definition written Mm -hmm. down these are pretty good companionship Mm -hmm. right association on friendly terms Mm. Uh, company or communion Mm -hmm. so where we get the idea of our um, as we take communion the Lord's Supper and all that of course all that implies fellowship Mm -hmm. so Jason as you said would you say the theme of this first chapter is um, I think you mentioned would be our fellowship, yeah. right? It's yeah, and I don't think that is just with the first chapter. I think continues. that is yeah. that, you know, I said earlier that the theme of the entire book is salvation, but when we have salvation, that brings fellowship with us and God. So yeah. they go hand in hand. So it's, 
you know. Yeah, I, I can't quote the verse, but um, it talks about if you're, you know, if if you're not saved, mm. you're at. I believe the word it uses at enmity. Mm. Enmity. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's hard, uh, easy for you to say. Yeah, with God, mm. <laughs> you know. There is no fellowship mm-hmm. without salvation. Mm-hmm. Well, in verse three is kind of is is really proven that it says, like like you're talking about John's desire there is that ye also may have fellowship with us, mm-hmm. but then he says truly our fellowship is with the Father mm-hmm. and with His Son Jesus Christ. So mm-hmm. this is a special fellowship. This and, is yeah. a different fellowship. This isn't just. Um, you know, buddies getting together or the groups you like to hang out with. This is a spiritual fellowship. And John's, I think, clearly pointing out that um, you can't have, obviously, you can't have this special type of fellowship unless you first have that that connection, that mm-hmm. fellowship with mm-hmm. the Father. It's with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. Then that allows us to have our fellowship as believers and that's a solid point right there that i think a lot of our world that we live in today has overlooked how many times have we talked to people you know on visitation or you know whatever and we start talking to them about um you know their relationship with god and that's great Mm -hmm. and they give a very positive report about you know how they're close with the lord and they have a great relationship they start praying but you start talking about salvation Mm. And they reject Jesus Christ. Yeah, it happens all the time. Yes. Well, yeah, you go out and talk to ten people about salvation. Two or three of them are going to have this this reply. Yeah, right? yeah. But the yeah. truth is, without Jesus Christ, mm. you can't have a relationship with God. Yeah, right. mm-hmm. and so that's why, like you're saying, Dominic, I think that he says that the fellowship is with the Father and with His Son. Jesus Christ. Yeah. It's um, yeah. It's so. almost like he's he's we want mm-hmm. we want to have this fellowship with you. Mm-hmm. But then he reminds them like mm-hmm. but you got to understand the and truth we, about about how this it, works. Is there some connection with, you know, we know that it's a biblical principle to believe mm-hmm. that we're not born a child of God. Mm-hmm. We're born into the family of the devil. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're, when we're born again, mm-hmm. we become a child of God. That's the adoption process, mm-hmm. and that's a whole other thing that we're not getting into today. Right. But I do believe that it correlates with this verse mm-hmm. because there's that that adoption. You have to. You're not in fellowship naturally. Mm-hmm. You know the world teaches that we're all children of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, we're not. Yeah. You were created by. Yes, and he loves you. Yeah. But you don't become a child of God yeah. until you get saved. In the original creation with Adam yeah. and Eve, yes. Right. Right. But because of sin, that fellowship or that relationship broke. was broken. Yeah. And now the whole purpose of salvation is to reconcile. Yeah. Right. It would be no different than, you know, Corey and I can be in fellowship, but if Corey comes up and punches me in the mouth, we're probably not going to be in fellowship. Because he's wronged me, yeah. right? Yeah. That's a bummer. No, <laughs> it's like no, he man. punched you because you wronged him. Yeah, exactly. We know you. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, that could be, but but that fellowship would be broken, yeah. and there has to be reconciliation for fellowship to begin again. And we yeah. can't forget yeah. either who he's writing to. He John's a Jew, right? Mm-hmm. And he's writing to Jewish people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They rejected Jesus Christ. They crucified him. Mm -hmm. So it's natural that the Jewish people say, yeah, we have a relationship with God, but they rejected the Son. Mm 
and he's saying, mm. yeah, you have to, in order to have <laughs> a relationship yes. with God, you have to accept the Son. Well, it's the same, the, the, the exact same one who, through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, wrote to it. Um, to as many as received him, to them mm-hmm. gave he power to become yeah. the sons of God. So yeah. he's drawing that yeah. line, that exclusive line of, like you said, Rob, we're not all one big mm-hmm. happy family of everyone that's ever been created as a part of mm-hmm. of God's family. That's that's something what, that's exclusive. What is your rela- your definition of fellowship again? Because um, I was thinking about something when you said that. Yeah, it's companionship. Uh, association on friendly mm-hmm. terms, a uh, company or communion. Yeah. So if you think about it, our fellowship with Jesus Christ is a choice. When you accept um, salvation, you're a born again believer. But if you choose to become a disciple, or you mm-hmm. choose to have fellowship with God, that's your personal choice. Mm-hmm. He wants and desires it. But fellowship is where you are sharing in favor or you're, you're accepting what God is about through Jesus Christ and you're, you're having those common interests. You're communing together. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when you were talking about a minute ago that you said something along the lines like fellowship is kind of like you know, a more intimate um, status or relationship, I mean, it's really, it's a step further. Mm, yeah. You're in, entering into a relationship, but then you're having fellowship, which means that you're sharing a common interest. Mm-hmm. You know, we all have many relationships with different women. I'd say this in the right way, but, you know, we have, like, friendships and stuff. <laughs> that almost came out weird. That, no, not, <laughs> that's not a confession, I promise. Same way. <laughs> we are Mormons now. <laughs> That did not almost come out weird. It did come out weird. Right. Yeah. So let me let me reiterate this that you know we all have friendships with different with different women, but we have fellowship with our wife, right. our yeah. spouse, right. right? And you know we have some of the same interests with you know with our spouse that we might have with one of our other female friends. You know we might enjoy the same sport or something like that, but you know that that fellowship that we have with our spouse is a whole different level. Yeah. And I think, you know, concerning <clears throat> fellowship, it's something that we as Christians, we can't dismiss or, in other words, put on the back burner. Because as independent Baptists, the whole time we're gung-ho, we're ready to work, 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 work. We want to see souls come to Christ. And, you know, obviously this is all good things. And, you know, just reading the Bible, you could go to all of Paul's uh, accounts all of his epistles and you can read the book of acts of what paul was doing and you know you're reading it and you're like thinking i gotta go a million miles an hour lead souls to christ start churches i need to charge the gates of hell with a squirt gun like you know screaming at the top of your lungs it's like yeah let's go lead some souls to the lord but if you put your fellowship with your brethren and your fellowship with christ on the back burner Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to hurt your Christian walk absolutely terribly. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, fellowship is supposed to be refreshing. Mm-hmm. When you fellowship with Christ, it's refreshing. And when you mm-hmm. fellowship with your brethren, it's refreshing. That's mm-hmm. why Christians aren't told to be lone wolves. Well, they're yeah. told and to it, fellowship. It makes that point in verse four. It says, yeah. "And these things write we unto you that your joy may be full." Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. You are not going to be 
full of joy mm-hmm. with no fellowship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have yeah. you ever met somebody that was a lone wolf that was really joyful? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it never happens. Yeah. Well, yeah. and like Corey, we, we stress the point on the, the fellowship, the, the, the foundational truth of it is it's it has to be with the Father and with His Son Christ. Mm-hmm. Now that's exclusive, but then Corey kind of went into the... Um, John is desiring for them to have fellowship together as mm-hmm. Christians, like you were saying, Corey, in church with brothers and sisters in Christ. Um, so a lot of people you see that don't have that fellowship, mm-hmm. um, they're not getting verse 4. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, you, right. you, I think we see that live living out in many lives. Um Their joy is not full. They don't have that fellowship. They may have that fellowship with Christ and their Father, but the joy isn't full because they don't have that complete fellowship uh, with their brothers and sisters in Christ. How many times do you go out and witness and you knock on the door and the person says, oh, I'm saved, and they can give a salvation testimony, time and place. This is when I got saved. They can tell you all about it. Awesome. What church do you attend? Yeah. And it's crickets. Mm-hmm. Well, you don't need church. Well, you don't have to go to church to go to heaven, but the Bible says you need church. Yeah, yeah. Right. it's not a requirement for heaven, right? But the Bible says you need it. Some of that fellowship—that's part of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's encouraging to come to church and be with other believers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes, I know the verse. Like the the main point of the verse is to fellowship with the Father and the Son. But he does say that you you may also have fellowship with us. He's talking about the brethren as well, sure. yeah. and we need that as Christians. We can't, you can't, you know, you if if you what was the old phrase? If you run with dogs, you're going to get fleas. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't live in the world all the time and never come out yeah. of it and expect to live a good Christian life. Yeah. You need to be around other believers. I got your yeah. two verses to support you on that. Hebrews 10, 24, 25, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another and so much the more as you see the day approaching. Yeah. yeah. You can't do that at home on the couch. No. no. Can't have church in the living room. So... Oh, I don't know, Rob. <laughs> but, you know, that, in all seriousness, like when we look at the writings of John, it's just so good to see that refreshment because like what I was saying, we'll go through Acts and the epistles that Paul wrote and we see to be charging, to be a good Christian soldier, and we're thinking a million miles an hour of let's go out there and win the world, so to speak, mm-hmm. and charge the gates of hell with a squirt gun, so to speak. But then we get to John, and John slows everything down, and then he says, okay, yes, salvation is important, but now let's think about the fellowship. Right, right. So <clears throat> I don't want to pull us off of this because this is great stuff, but at just thinking – Along the lines, this is how the book starts out. So I know First John, and we'll probably end up addressing a lot of this. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but First John is a difficult book. There's a lot of, um, wouldn't you think? There's a lot of um, confusion, false doctrine that probably stems from these yeah. these verses regarding salvation yeah. um, and getting like into eternal security and stuff, which I know we just covered. A lot of those verses um, from the other aisle side of the aisle come from First John mm-hmm. that people point to and say, "Well, you know," uh, and point to it as 
salvation, plan of salvation doctrine. But I think it's clear First John is opening up and he's setting the, the, the stage here that we need to remember we're not about to get the plan of salvation. Salvation is assumed, right? He's writing to believers. Am I correct in, in saying that? It's talking about our fellowship. Mm-hmm. So I think we need to remember, um, wouldn't, you, wouldn't you say, um, from this point on, we are looking at, um, we're dealing with saved people mm-hmm. and their fellowship, mm-hmm. not a mixture of saved and unsaved mm-hmm. and what you need to do to, to be saved necessarily. Mm-hmm. Would y'all, does that right. make sense? Yeah. Right. I think that's probably important to note as an introduction because I think if we miss that, the whole point of yeah. it, that's how people get to these verses later that we're going to see and say, well, well, see, look, if 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 you do this or don't do this, you're you're not saved, or you, you well, know, you're clearly not saved if you're if you're doing what this verse yeah. says. But we have to remember it in the context. Yeah. Any time that you do an expositional study, there's certain things you got to know. Mm-hmm. If we know, sometimes we don't know who the writer is. But if you know who the writer is, you need to know who the writer of the book is. You need to know the the circumstance of the writing and you need to know who the intended audience is like those are just things whenever you do and in this case we know it's john we know it's probably around 80 90 right according to usher's dates that's what he says and he's probably smarter than me um i'm just assuming i don't know him but i know me that's yeah (laughs) (laughs) but um and we know, like Dominic just and Jason touched on earlier, this is a, a um, probably largely Jewish believing audience. Jewish by heritage, but they have become Christian yeah. audience that he's writing to. Now, obviously, it was meant for the church or it wouldn't have made the canon of scripture. Mm-hmm. Sure. Mean, you know, mm-hmm. it wasn't, there, there were some, you know, there were some things that the apostles wrote down that weren't inspired of the Holy Ghost and didn't make the canon of Scripture. Right. But this did because it was intended for all of us to read. Yeah. And, you know, if the first, just for confirmation of a verse, but if the first four verses weren't good enough proof to show that we're talking to the dear believer, then allow verse 5 to be it. This, then, is the message which we, the believer, have heard. That means They've heard it before. They've accepted Mm -hmm. it. Have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Mm -hmm. And then he continues on on with that thought. Yeah. And this kind of backs up in verse number six, what you were talking about. We know that salvation is going to come up in the book. Yeah. Yeah. But this book is centering around how to have fellowship. Right. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's that relationship. And what you just read, Corey, with, um, the message is that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. That's talking about that God is perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And there is no factor of imperfection in him at all. You know, it's one thing for somebody to be a really good person, but we know they're still faulted by sin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. To comprehend that God, that there's no darkness at all. But then it says, and if we say we have fellowship with him, and walk not in darkness, or walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. So again, it goes back to fellowship. He's perfect, and there's no darkness. 
And he's saying that if we say that we are perfect and we are that um, we do not the truth, he says we're lying. So if we're going to have that fellowship, we have to come to a point where we're willing to admit to him and confess that we know that there's issues with us, there's sin. Mm -hmm. Well, and it's how could you have fellowship with God while you're sinning? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Could you imagine inviting your preacher? You know, we all have the same preacher, right? We all go to the same church here, <laughs> I think. So could you imagine inviting him over to a party and at your house and it'd just be a big, you know, drunk fest or something? And it's like... I don't have those parties. You guys, <laughs> Wait, you guys haven't invited him to that yet? <laughs> yeah, Corey's like, Corey's like, that was last week. No, um, I but, that. I mean, could you imagine? And, and this, we're talking about a sinful man, right? I mean, I'm not saying... That I'm not talking bad about a preacher, but he's a man, right? He sins right. just like anybody else. He wouldn't want a fellowship with us at that. Right. Um, how much more would God not want a fellowship yeah. with us in sin? We need to, it's, it's telling us stay away from sin so we can have sweeter fellowship. Yeah. And I think that's where it goes back to the one of those definitions was association on friendly mm-hmm. terms. Mm-hmm. On friendly terms. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where we're getting into with verse 6. That's not an association on friendly terms at that point in verse 6. That's the opposite of the fellowship that John is lining out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and we need to remember, too, nowhere in this book does he tell us that the expectation is that we're perfect. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Right. He's just telling us how we should have our attitude and our heart. We all know that we're going to sin, but hopefully, especially with the four of us being preachers, that our heart or our attitude is that we hate sin and we're convicted when it happens. Yeah. And we put everything into place the best that we can so we don't sin. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. You don't, if, if a person has a problem with drinking, you don't go sit in a bar and drink a Coke. Right. You go to right. McDonald's. Yeah. Right. You go somewhere where, you know, you don't. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, so... Um, so he's not telling us to be perfect. He's just telling us right. to have an open, you know, confessing heart. Right, and he tells us in verse 9, you know, how to fix the fellowship yeah. mm-hmm. if we have darkness inside of us. Right. Verse mm-hmm. 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Right. Mm-hmm. So, the, so, so verse 6... We have to acknowledge, like Jason pointed out earlier, we have to acknowledge um, the fact of our sin in order to keep that fellowship restored. Um, But I also think at the same time, along the same lines there, is we need to make sure as safe people, we're not walking in darkness, um, willfully engaging and continuing in sin, Mm -hmm. but then stepping back and say, Oh well, I am. I have fellowship with God. I'm saved. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. Right. And now, like, you know. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Rob. Sorry. Uh, it's like it's like the Apostle Paul said, mm, "Shall we yeah. continue in sin that grace may abound?" Exactly. God forbid. Yeah. 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 And that's where it, it all goes back to a misunderstanding of grace. Yes. Yeah. We yeah. talked about that in one of the other previous podcasts. Right. That people who don't have a mature understanding of grace think that okay, well, I'm saved. I can do whatever I want. No. Mm-hmm. Grace yeah. is understanding where you came from. 
And because of God's grace, that drives and compels you not to sin. Right. You can still be forgiven, yeah. but you should be trying to avoid it. Yeah. <laughs> and that verse that you're talking about, verse number six, Dominic, really is tagged along with verse number eight. He says, if we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. Yeah. yeah. He's not telling us to be perfect. He knows that we're not and there's perfect. some confusion with mm-hmm. some some um some different ways of thinking on that. Mm-hmm. I've just I've just observed in my own Christian life the people that are usually used the greatest by God are the ones that are the most honest with God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, their lives are still yeah. a mess. Now they have progressed in their sanctification. Sure. I'm not saying that they're wicked awful people. But they have just gotten very sincere and very honest with God about dealing with their sin. Mm, it's yeah. good. Yeah. It's a continuous mm-hmm. continuous battle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, before we move on, I just want to, uh, verse 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one with another. And the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Mm-hmm. I just wanted to point this out. It's in uh, just one line of Schofield's note. On that verse, it says, sin interrupts, but confession restores that mm. fellowship. Yeah, it's the association is still there. You haven't lost your association. Yeah. You're getting it back on friendly terms. And, yeah, and the salvation is still there. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we just right. did a, a, an episode on internal security. Yeah. It, it, losing your fellowship is not the same as losing your salvation. Right. right. Let's right. make that very distinct. Yeah, right. yeah. That you can, you know... You could lose fellowship. You know, three of us here, our parents were, were fathers. And yeah. you could, unfortunately, lose fellowship with your child. I pray it never happens. But it's still your child. Yeah. yeah. And the fellowship can be restored. Mm-hmm. And and we can, we can be saved. And as we've read verse 8, read it one more time. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves. The truth is not in us. We can be saved and be deceiving ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. And, and not withholding the truth, we can be saved mm-hmm. and do that. We've um, probably all met people on visitation that I know I have that they'll say, Honey, I, I used to sin. <laughs> yeah, me too, and I still do. I'm not proud of it, but it happens. And so do you, whether you say you do or not. Yeah. You're only deceiving yourself. Yeah. You, you could say it as many times as you want. You'll never convince God. Mm-hmm. And you're not gonna go you're not gonna grow closer to the Lord the more you lie about it. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean that's a good point. I mean yeah. John That's a sin in itself. Yeah. I sure. mean John leaves a mic drop, so to speak, in verse ten, puts the ball <laughs> in the Christian's court. If he, he says if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And his word is not in us. I mean what a what a roast. I mean, so what a what, mic drop. <laughs> so what, is he, what is he getting at? He's wanting the people to understand that when you come to the realization that you've committed a sin, you need to confess. Mm-hmm. And I love what C.S. Goldfield said here um, in his study notes. He said, immediate confession keeps the fellowship unbroken. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So when that moment comes, you don't try to sweep it under the rug like, oh, it's not that mm-hmm. big of a deal. Yeah. confess it and move on and yeah. plus I know this just from my personal walk if I sin and it, hit, it sometimes it hits you in the moment like man you shouldn't be doing this mm-hmm. and you pray you feel like a dirty dog mm-hmm. I do I mean yeah. mm-hmm. I I just did this thing it's fresh yeah. mm-hmm. if you quote unquote put it on the shelf and come back later it's almost like it's scabbed Mm-hmm. And you're, yeah, you confess it, and you know, but it's kind of scabbed over. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
if you immediately confess that sin to God, to me personally, it seems like there's more, I don't want to say there's more conviction, but I don't know. It's fresh. It's raw. Mm-hmm. And it's like, man, I shouldn't have done that. I, I shouldn't be having to make this prayer right now because I should have avoided that. I could have avoided that. Yeah. I knew better, yeah. but I gave. Well, mm-hmm. what's the Bible talk about when um, quenching the Holy Spirit? Mm-hmm. You know, oh, that yeah. is that is probably what you're talking about, Ron, yeah. is that when we quench the Holy Spirit, that's like his conviction comes and we ignore or disobey and do it anyway. Well, when we're... When we have quenched the Holy Spirit, it's almost like you're trying to reignite, reignite a fire with wet wood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, yeah. yeah. So one of the probably one of the most well-known verses of the chapter. I think it's only one we haven't haven't hit or read yet. Um, it would be verse nine. Mm-hmm. Um, we quote it. We know it. If we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So again, he's just getting at, we know we sin. Yeah. We know that there's an issue. So you got to confess it. And then he closes out the chapter and says, if we say we have not sinned, we make him a liar and his word is not in us. He's already stated, like Corey was saying, we've all sinned. Romans says all of sin that come short of the glory of God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let us encourage you today if you're listening, if you first of all, if you have never accepted Christ as your Savior, wherever you're at, whatever you're doing right now, why don't you stop and confess to God that you're a sinner? Yeah. Yeah. And say, God, you know, I know I'm a sinner. I've done things, I've broken your law, I've broken your commandments. I know that I'm a sinner. And that without accepting Jesus Christ, I know that I would die and go to a devil's hell. And you ask him to forgive you. And you're also confessing that and believing that that Jesus died on the cross for your sin. And that he resurrected from the grave. So wherever you're at, whatever you're doing today, why don't you just stop? If you've never accepted Christ as your Savior, why don't you bow your head and pray and accept him as your Savior right now today? And maybe you're already saved, but whatever has happened in your life you've kind of become distant in your fellowship with mm-hmm. Jesus Christ pray and ask God what you've done to break that fellowship and whatever it is I'm not saying get saved again but you're just asking him to forgive you of whatever you've done that's broken that fellowship mm-hmm. and when the Holy Spirit brings that to your mind and into your heart confess it don't try to justify it don't try to come up with you know yeah. why I did it because of this or that person just say God I know I was wrong and I, I ask you to forgive me. And the greatest commandment or the greatest um, promise is that if we confess it, he's faithful and just to forgive us. Yeah. We may not always forgive ourselves, but he forgives us. Yeah. And, and he forgives us of all mm-hmm. unrighteousness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that's I love that little word. Mm-hmm. You know, because how many times have you met somebody who says, well, you don't know what I've done? Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter. He says all unrighteousness. Yeah. So if you've if you've prayed that prayer, or if you've just maybe maybe you're saved and you today you're like, man, I need to get that fellowship restored. Send us a message. We'd love to rejoice with you. Uh, we'd love to pray for you. Yeah. You know, if if you say pray for me, I need 
the fellowship restored. I know that I need it. We would love to pray for you. I've said it a bunch of times on here. I'm going to say it again. We're, we consider this a ministry. We want to reach people. We want to help people. Uh, we want to show people the love of Christ. We want people to come to know Christ. We want people to have that sweet fellowship yeah. with the Father and the Son. Mm-hmm. And we want to do anything we can to help. Look us up, facebook.com slash staffstudypodcast. You can send us a message there. Uh, we'd be glad to uh, reach out. We'd be glad to try to encourage, if we can, to help you in any way. We'd be glad to pray for you, with whatever your situation may be. Uh, make sure you've liked us on Facebook, on Spotify, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, all those platforms. Make sure you've subscribed and share and leave a review. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Reviews help probably more than anything else. We want to reach people, and you can help us to do that. If this podcast has been a blessing to you, share it with somebody else. Hopefully it'll be a blessing for them as well. So with that, we're going to sign off. We do thank you all for tuning in, and we'll catch you next time. See you all. Thank you for listening to the Staff Study Podcast. It is our prayer that this has been an encouragement for you in your walk with the Lord. Please visit our website at www.bbcmtorab.org for more information on our church and associated ministries. It is our desire to encourage you to study God's Word. 2 Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth.